Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. And so let me get started straight away. Luke chapter 24 verse 1 to 6 records just a brief short period of the, the risen Jesus after the crucifixion and the cross. And so we go from Friday through the suffering and the picture of what looked like defeat. We go through the Saturday in which we can't understand what God is doing. And then the Sunday where we have the revelation of his resurrection and defeat of death. And it tells us, but very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As soon, uh, sorry, as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Now, if you had been a follower of Jesus back in the day there, before his death, you had assumed he was going to just like defeat all the bad people and conquer all governors and stand on top of the mountain as a victorious Messiah. And then to the despair and the discouragement of the disciples, Friday came and he was on a cross crucified and facing death. But out of that, we then see the testimony of the resurrection. So for these disciples that had lost all hope, imagine what it must have been like in those first moments of seeing Jesus resurrected from the dead. It's like, you actually did what you said. I thought it was over on Friday. Sunday's coming. You're actually here. But, but think about anything that could be worse than missing that would be the fact that you knew he was coming back and your friends had to tell you what they had seen. So if any of you struggle with FOMO, fear of missing out, I feel sorry for every disciple that wasn't there right at the minute where Jesus first appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And there was one guy in the Bible that actually experienced this FOMO full on, and his name was Thomas. And so I want to read about this disciple, Thomas's interaction with the risen Jesus out of John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. It says, One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. I'd be like, ah, no. You know, FOMO, you're like, jeez, I wasn't there. Now, you probably got like so bad, he never left their side again, just in case. And then it says, they told him, we've seen the Lord. And so he's like, whoa. But he replied, "Uh, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound on his side or in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, believe. My Lord, my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Just take a moment to absorb that scripture. Here's Thomas, 
sees Jesus, gets to put his hands in the wounds of Jesus, and he believes. Now, up until this encounter with Thomas, no one would have seen how the wounds that were purposed to kill Jesus on the cross would become repurposed as evidence of his resurrection to someone in doubt. And one of the powerful things about the risen Jesus is that the resurrection can repurpose our pain. The resurrection can repurpose our pain. For Jesus, the wounds were still present in the midst of his resurrected body. The wounds were there but didn't have the power to destroy him. You see, Living in resurrection power doesn't mean you don't carry wounds. But what it does mean is that the wounds we carry can become proof of God's power instead of evidence of our defeat. And I don't know how many of you today walked in here with wounds. Maybe wounds that you expected God to heal that he never did, leaving you in doubt and feeling like maybe he was absent. Maybe with wounds that left you feeling guilty and shameful to the point at which you didn't worship because you felt unworthy. But living a resurrection life in the power of the risen Jesus doesn't mean that you don't carry those wounds. What it does mean is that the wounds we carry can become proof of God's power instead of evidence of our defeat. And 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8 to 10 describes the power of this principle when it says, speaking of the followers of Christ, we are pressed on every side by troubles. There are the wounds of your human experience. We have troubles and we're pressed on every side, but the resurrection has come. So we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, the wounds, but by the resurrection, we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed because the wounds couldn't destroy Jesus and they cannot destroy us. It goes on to say, through suffering, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Your wounds through the resurrection are not a sign of your weakness, but a platform for the power of God. In fact, the very wounds you despise or can't understand could become the place from which you share a testimony of the resurrected Jesus with others. Craig Rochelle, well-known Christian leader, says, we might impress people with our strengths, but we connect with people through our weakness. And it's interesting that 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 9 in the Bible says, my grace is always enough for you, declares God, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. I wonder how many people are waiting to hear the story of our wounds while at the same time experiencing the full expression of the power of God, testifying of the risen King in the midst of our human struggle. You see, the wounds we carry become proof of God's power instead of evidence of our weakness because it's there that the power of God is made perfect. So, 
The resurrection repurposes our pain. Some of you are feeling the pain of your humanity today. Maybe physically, maybe psychologically, mentally, maybe in an area of business or relationships. But what if you allowed and invited God into the middle of your pain, understanding that he can repurpose it? The resurrection repurposes pain. It doesn't remove it. That is where the struggle begins. Because we've been taught some weird theology that says when you meet Jesus, you're blessed. And we define blessing as everything we've ever wanted. And then when suddenly we don't have everything we've ever wanted, we turn back to God because the pastor said that we should be blessed. And we say, well, God, if I'm not blessed, then you're not here because when you are with God, then you're blessed. And we've misunderstood that we are still in a human experience full of pain and suffering that leaves us with wounds, child abuse when we were younger, unforgiveness we're struggling with, the sense of guilt and shame for not meeting what we thought were the religious rules that made us right enough for God. And we walk with the wounds and we're like, God, come and fix me when in fact he might say, I want to rather take your pain and repurpose it because of my resurrection power in your life. And that's why Jesus says in John 16, in the world you will have tribulation and distress. Can I prophesy the word of God and encourage you this morning? In this world you will have tribulation and distress. And suffering. But be courageous. Be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. And that is why at the cross, when he breathed his last, he could say that it is finished. I can walk with the wounds of my human experience in the midst of the resurrection power of Jesus. What Jesus was communicating in that verse when he says, I've overcome the world was this. He was saying, my resurrection means the pain you suffer in your human experience doesn't have the final word. Here's the thing though. Many of you have watched people you loved walk through the painful experience and the wounds of sickness to the point at which they died. When you saw that, you might have felt like death had the final word. But John 11 verse 25 shows us the declaration of Jesus who says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. You see, let's add a little more to our understanding of the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection doesn't only repurpose our pain, but makes death a doorway to final deliverance. It's like, I can't lose because either I'm healed 
or my pain has a purpose in the middle of my humanity. And when eventually the pain in my human experience takes my life instead of being defeat, it becomes the doorway to my ultimate deliverance. And Revelation 21 verse 4 to 5 tells us about what it's like walking through the doorway of death into the the deliverance of Jesus, the risen Savior, when it says, He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone, crying gone. Pain gone. Pain gone. And so today, I don't know where you find yourself, maybe in the middle of pain in your humanity, the struggle with physical health, mental health, the the sense of guilt or shame or, or weakness or inability to move into your future. Maybe you're even facing death. But right now in the middle of all of that, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Meaning that neither your pain nor your death has the final word. Because Christ's resurrection doesn't only repurpose your pain, but makes death a doorway to final deliverance. So, if you're looking for escape from the pain... Maybe it's not another pull you need if you will allow God to repurpose your pain today. And if you want to ensure a certain doorway of deliverance tomorrow, maybe it's not another banknote you need, but belief in Jesus because he'll wipe away every tear from your eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain, gone. All the first order of things, gone. And that's why God's word says things that we often struggle with, like the joy of the Lord is our strength. We think God's sick and he's saying, fake it to make it. When in fact he's not. What he is saying is that you can't lose my child. So even in the midst of a battle in the present, you can praise because you know the war is already won. And so we find a joy in a war that's won amidst the battles that we face. And that's why sometimes we need to be praising around our problems rather than protesting before God who we think doesn't understand. And it's interesting how When we praise around the problem, it's like the walls of Jericho that God commanded his people to march around seven times on the seventh time, blowing the trumpets and declaring the victory of God to see the walls coming right down. It's it's in that point where we praise in the middle of our struggles that the gates of the prison fling open and we're set free by the power of Jesus because you cannot lose. Let the pain come. 
All it can do is be repurposed for the sake of God. And even if my pain leads to my death, may that be too, because somewhere on the other side of the door of death is the deliverance that I hope for and wait for throughout my life on earth. Amen. Amen. Amen.